This is Pro Wrestling's only modern day Viking Gunner, and you're on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, this is Leva Blue Pants Bates, and you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain and founder of Global Force Wrestling, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, f- <laughs> fellas, uh, uh, you guys have a great day, and, and this is only because I'm talking to Canadians. It is actually spitting snow in Tennessee. See? Oh, my See? God. <laughs> That's <We're> a great <laughs> we've, we've had 70-degree weather here. For, I mean, we really had a warm December, and I get on the phone with damn Canadians, and we're spitting snow. So. And this December has not been like that for most people although our december was great our january not so much it has been very very cold but i am carl carafel i'm joined alongside chris best and we may have an omd show up in a little bit Uh, apparently he says he's hungry and he needs to eat dude i haven't even eaten yet and i worked a 12-hour shift excuses excuses dude i sat here all day editing i had one peanut butter sandwich that's all oh and a non-sponsored dr pepper which i'm having right now (laughs) (laughs) me too me too huge thank you to our non-sponsored friends at dr pepper for always satisfying my thirst I really do appreciate that. Bobby Stats, good to see you. Thank you so much for coming into this show where we uh, shoot the shit and talk about professional wrestling and uh, hopefully be able to bring you things that maybe the mainstream is not necessarily talking about, but we will definitely talk about them. The first thing I want to talk about and get out of the way really, really quick is I am super excited that... Uh, during the time when Triple H was working and running NXT, he did some really good shit over there. And that has continued on even after he has left NXT, gone to the WWE's main roster situations. Um, and what I'm talking about is NXT Vengeance Day. So the official theme song for that show has been released by the WWE with them putting out a little video. And the song is Dark Side by Bring Me the Horizon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So for myself, as a guy who is very much so a fan of hard rock, heavy metal music, this speaks to me. It speaks to my heart. I love Bring Me the Horizon, man. (laughs) so i know that you are i know you're a fan of bring me the horizon uh how do you feel about the wwe using these uh large bands for their theme songs it has been something that they've done before in the past but it always seems to be more that they kind of created their own music their own themes stuff like that um now the inclusion of you know we we gotta say hard rock is what bring me the horizon is yeah what do you think about them doing that so every time i hear a metal or hard rock band 
doing a pay-per-view theme, it gets me so hyped. Minutes before yeah. we got on the uh, we got on this show, and I got on to talk to you offline, Carl. I was watching the hype video for Rock and Stone Cold WrestleMania X Seven, which used Limp Biscuits My Way. Right. I'm now hyped to watch WrestleMania X Seven, <laughs> even though I've watched that pay per view like I don't know, I wow. lost count how many times I've gone back and watched that show. Right. Um, right. But anytime there's a metal performer, even uh, even with Poppy, uh, New Year's Day, perf- yes. um, Bring Me the Horizon. Oh, just Nita Strauss. Nita Strauss. Well, yeah, she she's done like a lot of work with them. So. Yeah. But anytime oh, yeah, they has. do that, and anytime, and I guarantee you, I would be jacked if they bring Bring Me the Horizon to perform the song, which I'm hoping to see. That would be oh. really cool to see. Bobby's in agreement. Bobby uh, Batito, Bobby Stats, as we call him, says it's great uh, that they are using them. I think it is as well. I think it's yeah. about time that we kind of got away from, uh, you know, the no name people or the no name artists, um, the stuff that you're using or creating on your own. Now, I think it's a good platform sometimes definitely for, uh, you know, the, the, the no name artist that is out there for them to get some recognition and get their name out there. Yeah. And when it comes to these larger pay-per-views or premium live events, that's what we got to call them. Yeah. I would prefer if we used a notable name band. I mean, another example is when they use, it was for one match only though, at WrestleMania 28, when they used the memory remains for Undertaker and Triple H's Hell in a Cell match. Right. Oh, I, I, I get goosebumps thinking about that build too. Edge's um, theme throughout. CM Punk's theme throughout. Yeah. Right? And I'm not knocking, uh, that's not to knock against like any of the rap performers they brought in because Machine Gun Kelly did uh, contributed Invincible to WrestleMania 31. And I thought that that song totally did fit the the vibe that that show was giving. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, you don't, there were my skillet. They're not in, uh, skillet. Sorry, not 31, WrestleMania 29. Skillet, right. yes. Give me skillet every day, all day. I right? They are. They are at the top of my bucket list for metal bands I want to see live. <laughs> uh, no, I have not. I have not seen them live yet. That them could or, change. Them or uh, uh, John's other group, uh, John Cooper, the lead singer, mm. uh, Fight the Fury. Yes. I would like to see. <laughs> you know what? Since we're on this topic of music anyways, um, <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring to you and all of our listeners and uh, viewers here Another band that I recently got turned on to that I didn't even know existed. And that is a band called Eat the Turnbuckle. Have you heard of them, Chris? No, I actually have not. But I got a feeling that it's got to be a tribute to George the Animal Steel. Not really. Um, huh. it's it, no, like I, I would have thought the same thing as well. Uh, but it is not, they are though, uh, a band that does like wrestling music, right. um, 
but it's not really wrestling music per se. Um, They're not doing theme songs for wrestlers and stuff like that. Uh, That's, that's what I should say. That's not what's being done, but eat the turnbuckle has done music. Um, like so, uh, obscene extreme highlight reel, uh, suplex city, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Um, like th- those are some of the names of some of these songs. Uh, they had an EP in 2016 called The Great American Bash Your Head In, yeah, <laughs> um, a full length album in 2014 called Card Subject to Change. And they had a, uh, in 2020, they had what's being called a split called uh, Kill Them All and Let Schlock Sort Them Out, Killer Cuts Volume 1. It's, I was just blown away with what they did. Like, they're, so I'm just gone into the uh, Great American Basher Head In by Eat the Turnbuckle. The songs, there's only five songs on this EP. First one, New World Order then Get the Tables, then Make You Humble, then Suplex City, and then Invader 1, Invader Number 1 Must Die. Not very long for things. Uh, Mm. Two minutes to three and a half minutes in length with the fifth song uh, being a minute and 15, only giving a total of nine minutes and 50 seconds for this EP. Which... We've got uh, an OMD in here, but uh, I think he's having some technical problems. <laughs> we do and we don't. He's got some tech issues going on once again there. <laughs> uh, I I suggest to anybody, if you are into, it, it's more uh, heavy metal, like death metal uh, type of music, uh, go ahead and take a look at Eat the Turnbuckle. They're a uh, Philadelphia extreme wrestling themed hardcore band is what they are called and considered. I was blown away, dude. I want you to check them out. And next week when we are, uh, hopefully I'm not working, uh, but at some point, let me know anyways, what you think of them. Yeah. I was I'm gonna have to they're, pleasantly surprised. They're up on Spotify, right? Yeah, they'll be on Spotify, YouTube music, uh anywhere that you can get music, they will be there. I have downloaded everything that I can from them on YouTube music. So found them. Eat the turnbuckle band. They they are on Spotify. Yes, yeah, 100%. I know that they are. <laughs> Parish coming in saying, hello, only two people. <laughs> That's right. Only two people on, right Parrish? now. <laughs> uh, apparently, yeah. we're supposed to be getting an OMD come in, but I guess he's having some uh, some issues going on right now. So, Okay. What a rub this is for one Jacob Fatu. Jacob Fatu to be wrestling against Yuji Nagata and New Japan from New Japan at MLW Super Fight. What mm-hmm. a rub for Jacob Fatu to be getting him. 
Oh yeah. That is amazing. Oh, jeez. Oh, but no, uh, m- music and wrestling just really seem to go hand in hand. And in order to get like the good hype for a pay-per-view, you need the right song to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I enjoyed basically every pay-per-view in 2001 because like all the music that they had was right for the the emotions going into that show especially right. i believe it was survivor series 2001 where they used control by puddle of mud and that was the wcw versus or invasion the invasion angle came to an end at that show ah uh, yes yes no it, it it is it is fantastic uh you definitely definitely need to have that stuff that is uh there and available um, mm-hmm. and, and, and is something that's going to, as you said, pump up the crowd. It, it has to, if you don't have it where the crowd is getting pumped up by what you were doing, then why are you even doing it? Essentially? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I won't lie too. like anytime nowadays, when I hear uh summertime blues by rush, I get pumped for SummerSlam 2004. Mm. <laughs> when oh, I hear, yes. uh, when I hear uh, "Run" by Day of Fire, I get excited for Unforgiven 06. Still to this day, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. It is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, since we got we've an... been talking about, oh, hold on, hold on. Since we've been yeah, talking yeah. about, uh, you know, the invasion angle and stuff like that, let's make our way off of this music topic. And uh, this is one that I want to bring in our uh, guest here for this next uh, piece of news, because, well, he took a little bit of time off, came back to the ring, and I'm talking about our good friend, Mister Chris. Parrish, who has decided to run in and join us here on this episode today. The topic that I am looking at is a WWE ECW legend who was interviewed on Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. A range of topics came up, including who he would like to have his final match against where he named RVD. So at this time, he's setting up for his final match, and he wants to do it maybe in July or a little bit later, and he wants it to be against Rob Van Dam, saying that he heard that he wanted to have a barbed wire match for his last match, where he said, I would rather have a regular match. I want to have one of my better matches. The barbed wire match is a gimmick. The gimmick is my final match. That's the gimmick. So a little confusing in what he said, but to take away from that, it sounds as though what we are going to hopefully be getting at some point in July or later is going to be Sabu taking on Rob Van Dam in a barbed wire match. For Sabu's retirement. Chris Best, let's start with you. Well, how do you feel about this, about Sabu 
retiring and how he wants to retire. I say it's about time he retired because uh, <laughs> it's about dude, damn time. In a minute, dude's, in a minute. Been, dude's been going at it for almost 30 odd years now. Right. Um, And he's not exactly one of the safest workers out there, but I do wish that this match was not a barbed wire match, but a stretcher match because RVD and Sabu did have one fantastic stretcher match in the in ecw when they were both there right right <laughs> i've always been a fan of sabu i was known as the extreme canadian carl carafel because well i did those types of matches as well not to the extent though that uh sabu has done but i was an extreme wrestler an extreme worker Bobby Stats says it's great that Rob Van Dam could be Sabu's retirement match. OMD, turn that television down. <laughs> he looks so scared. Damn. No, the computer did not want to cooperate with anything tonight. When I first came in, I had no audio, no video. Mm -hmm. And you don't and have a mic. You have no mic right now. We can hear what you're saying, but it's very distant as if it's coming off of something different than your microphone. Yeah. Like, it sounds like you're you're standing in the Grand Canyon and yelling at us. Oh, technology. Technology, technology, technology. Right. Gotta love better. it. There we go. There. That is much better. Much, much better. Oh. <laughs> Gotta love technology. Gotta love live programming. Yes, each and every one of you that are listening to this on Good Pods or any place else that you find your podcasts, we do this show live and I put up the raw audio. I do not edit it out. You guys get the same experience that everyone else does. Uh, but feel free to join us Tuesdays at 8.05 Eastern Time for the show live on YouTube and Twitch by searching out Turnbuckle Studios. Chris Parrish, I want to get your thoughts on this piece of news that we've got from Sabu. Yeah. Well, before I answer that, Bring Me to Life, Evanescence, my favorite song. Ah, yeah. Just put that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, one, anybody, like, a guy like Sabu, you have your last match whenever you want. He has mm. earned that. Right. The fact that he wants to do it with somebody meaningful who played a huge part of his story from start to finish, I think is amazing. And I wish Sting would have had more of an opportunity to do that in AEW. But who's to say? I don't know if he picked the Young Bucks or not. I don't know. Not there. Can't say. But... If they are to do something nostalgic, something that the fans want, because obviously they're not going to copy the matches they had back in their heyday. Oh, they're yeah. not those types of performers anymore. But what they can do is give everybody that nostalgic feel of ECW and have a feel-good moment and have a nice emotional goodbye that I think the fans of Sabu and of that ECW era probably would want and it, it's it's beautiful 
the fact that it's him and RVD. It, it really is because there's no other person more suitable in that position to finish his career with than the guy that he basically had the highest uh, success in his career with. Right. And, and not and not to mention two guys that uh, started together from day one, as they did both come out of the Sheik's uh, school together at the same time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, OMD, we can kind of see you there, but give us your thoughts here on <laughs> Sabu. And Sabu uh, saying that he will be retiring and he wants his final match to be in July or later against Rob Van Dam in a barb wire gimmick match. Good for him. He has earned it. It's about time as well. Um, just with everything he's put his body through over the years. Right. Um, he. It's time. I mean, I think he probably should have hung it up 10 years ago. Okay. Um, but you know, good for him. I know he hasn't done it full time in the last decade, picking True. and choosing his spots. True. Um, good for him to go out and wanting RVD to do it. Um, again, I was there when they inducted the Sheik into the WWE Hall of Fame. Right. So good for them. The only thing that would make it more fitting is if they could do it in Philadelphia. Yeah, true. Maybe at the 2300 Arena. Maybe maybe get MLW to do it since they run the 2300 Arena now. There you go. Would it be apropos that they get Joey Styles to commentate it or somebody like Paul Heyman to make an appearance, uh, have Tommy Dreamer present, like stuff like that to really have that set, like send off? I think that would Ab be beautiful. Ab absolutely. Bill Good. Alfonso is the ref. Well, well, actually, Bill, Bill Alfonso as RVD's manager, um, mm -hmm. uh, John Finnegan as the referee. Okay. <laughs> Only if Alfonso has the whistle. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm super happy for Sabu, um, a guy that I have enjoyed watching over the years. And if this is, I love that he is able to finish his career how he wants to finish his career i wasn't given that option my doctor gave me that option i'm happy that he is able to do this and whether it is a gimmick match with barbed wire or it is not a gimmick match and just a straight wrestling performance yes I will call it a performance because that is exactly what we would get. Um, I think the only thing to add to that is that another one of my favorites uh, throughout the years, I would love to see this person here as well for this to give a good send off to Sabu. And that would be the Sandman. Um, yep. You know, get as many of those guys as you possibly can together. And I think it would be absolutely fantastic. I'm wondering if they should maybe call the pay-per-view one night stand. How about one think... last stand? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I don't know if WWE owns the, uh, the rights yeah. to one night stand right now. Right. So if they do, that's kiboshed and can't do that. But one last stand 
would be perfect. And not to say that they can't use the same kind of, uh, you know, graphics and, and uh, you know, text and stuff like that that they, they'd use back in the day. No reason why they can't do that as right. long as it doesn't infringe on that name and the full likeness. Perish. In all, in all uh, I got another good pun for you, but if, if you mm. want to call it this and tribute to somebody who helped both RVD and Sabu come up, you said the sheep, why don't we call it? Beacon destroy. <laughs> okay, I'd be fine with that too. Yeah. Damn right. Oh, all the puns today. Just and and that's good. And that's good. Yep. So many good things to come out of this. Um, I do not see this becoming like a Ric Flair's. What third last match or something like that that he that he just had recently where he had to do the tag team right um, it I was more like his it. it was more like his 15th last match you know yeah. <laughs> right I do not see this uh, being anywhere close to that level of horror per se <laughs> um it will have its own horror <laughs> aspect to it especially if they bring in the barb wire i love barbed wire i still if anybody has and wants to send me not barbed wire but your kendo mm -hmm. sticks feel free to do so because i would love to get my hands on some good kendo sticks you can always find me at tb talk pod to get the address as to where to send stuff to <laughs> i actually wouldn't i was just this just came into my head but i wouldn't put it past gcw to be the ones to book the show makes sense right yep game changer wrestling the place that is known for the hardcore death matches uh would be fitting would be perfect and especially if they could get into you know the 2300 which they have before yep at that same point though both sabu and rob van dam have in the last little while been in AEW. I wouldn't throw it past Tony Khan to even try to do this because, well, as we know, whatever Tony Khan can do to take away nostalgic, I think he, he does. Uh -huh. Yeah, and, and see, that worries me because the last time they tried to do an ECW gimmick type match, it flopped hard. <laughs> yeah, what, what was supposed to explode and didn't or something like that? And yeah. yeah. Yeah, ended up being a boot. Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I regardless know. of whatever promotion puts it on, and I think of regardless of the stipulation, if there is one, you're going to see that ECW mentality come into play for it. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. I am fine with that. Yeah. Let's move on to the next subject that I have here. And this is something that was sent to me by, I believe it was uh, Chris Best earlier today, having to do with one of those companies that we just talked about. That is MLW, Major League Wrestling. Chris, I want you to take this one here for me. Um, I did do a little bit of reading on it, but uh, you brought this one to me. This is your story. 
Yeah, so the MLW is partnering with a promotion called Oceana Pro Wrestling. Uh, going for in a in a tweet, MLW and Pro uh, Oceana Pro Wrestling announced that they have formed an alliance. The press release is as follows: in an exciting move that promises to break barriers in international collaborations, Major League Wrestling and Oceana Pro Wrestling have officially announced a partnership. This is uh, the Australian promotion, by the way, that uh, they were looking to work with. So it's completely official. Um, I'm actually opening up the Twitter here, right here, to re- uh, to go through it all. Uh, Court Bauer was the one who announced it. Uh, the fans down under are some of the most passionate, and we can't wait to bring them uh, something special as two organizations team up for some exciting opportunities. So this, to me, says we're going to get MLW doing uh, pay-per-views, TV tapings, all that kind of stuff in Australia alongside this, this promotion. This, to me, allows further exposure as far as the Australian wrestling scene goes. All right. Oh, that makes me so happy. So happy. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Absolutely. Um, Australia's wrestling scene is thriving right now. And I'm not just talking about the wrestlers who make the trek over to North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look, they've got New Horizons, they've got Oceana, they've got WXW. Um, Oceana is also the company that they do a promotion with New Japan Pro as well, which yeah. due to restrictions late last year, like early in the fall, the Oceana Cup with New Japan got put on hold and they were able to bring Impact over to do that tour. Right. So this really excites me that they are opening up a lot more avenues for North American wrestlers to go over there as well as for them to come and work with North American wrestlers here. Mm -hmm. No, I'm totally excited about the prospect of talent we've never even heard of or seen before coming on the screen, uh, coming to us, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Parish, you you want to go to Australia and work? Uh, I'll go down under. Okay. Um, but like <laughs> let's also take a step back too and like when we like when we kind of entered this world of wrestling, but like more when I entered it in the 2003-2004, we were living in a place where it was almost taboo to work a second promotion in your same city. We were working with a lot of people with an old school mentality where they didn't want to share talent. Yes, the talent suffered because of this. And then you add 20 years to this, and now we're seeing partnership galore or a plethora of partnerships, I might say. But uh, everyone is understanding that they can thrive on their own, but you can thrive even more when you're helping I'm working with other people. Now, what's amazing is there's a lot of people probably in North America that don't know the other company. And there's going to be a lot of people over in Australia that don't know MLW. So this allows Mm -hmm. fans to be educated further on the scene of professional wrestling. Right. Um, 
just while listening to the Chris Van Bleed episode with Steph Delander, she happened well, happens to be Australian, but also said when she was growing up, her best friend we all know is Indy Hartwell. She knew of the the scenes outside of WWE. Or WWE. She did not, so it was really hard for her to go and look because back then she would say. I would go on the WWE website and would say, we want people minimum of three years. She's like, well, how do I get experience when I don't know what's out there? And I'm assuming there's been a lot of changes since then. Obviously Hmm. when we see talent like Buddy Murphy, Rhea Ripley, uh, the Bushwhackers, like all the people that we now know out of the Australian, uh, New Zealand area. Uh, But you'd have to think that's probably still going to stay true for some people. And this is going to help expand people's knowledge, expand people's opportunity, but expand people's ability to enjoy wrestling. And that's just from a fan aspect. Now you're expanding opportunities Mm -hmm. to work, expand opportunities to provide for yourself, your family, but expand uh, a possibility to achieve your dream. Um, So that this is just very positive, but, Also, let's hope that they do this the way it should be and not have uh, bumps in the radar or little bumps on the road to get this done. Let's hope that this, let's just hope that this works for both companies, not just a one sided affair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I I, I do like the idea of this relationship, but I do agree with Parrish. I do hope that we do not get to a too many cooks in the sit, too many cooks in the kitchen booking type situation with this. Right. It is very exciting to see. <laughs> so a little further into that, um, OPW owner Cam Val says this is a truly unique partnership by two innovating wrestling companies to have the OPW champions recognized by MLW as their regional champions and to bring MLW to Australia in 2024 and beyond. OPW wrestlers will show MLW fans how good we are down under and knows what that will mean for MLW in the future. The partnership is set to bring about a myriad of collaborations showcasing the best of both worlds in professional wrestling from championships to innovative content creation. Fans can expect a thrilling array of flights and entertainment that transcends geographical boundaries. So what it sounds like is that these two companies are going to still work separate but just like the Chris Parrish podcast and Turnbuckle Studios, we are in partnership with each other. And that is what mm-hmm. is going to be happening here. So they're going to recognize the OPW champions as regional champions of MLW and vice versa. And so I I'm- think with that, it could be a great thing. I am all for that idea. So, OMD, I have to ask you, because you're the only one out of us who actually did live in Australia at one time. Yes. What do you What do you know about the wrestling scene in Australia? Or what um, do you remember about it? I didn't really get to experience the wrestling scene when I was there. I was 3 and 10. Okay. Were you able to um, access, like other companies like wwf wcw easily there or anything like that 
again, it's so far back. I don't remember. Um, I'm sure if I found it on, then I would have watched it. Yeah. Um, but because of the, it's a 12 and a half hour time zone difference. Right. So when you're looking at 8 PM here on a Monday night for raw, you're looking at eight 30 in the morning, Tuesday there. Yeah. That they're getting. So it's really hard because as a kid, you're going to school, so you're not necessarily home to be able to watch it. I don't remember about WWF superstars and anything like that. I was more into the Adam West Batman at the time watching that. Yeah. Um, but I've got, you know, friends in New Horizons Pro Wrestling in Western Australia, based out of Perth, actually. Um, I've had a friend out of the Victoria wrestling scene with uh, their WXW and Damian Drake. Um, and those guys have been fantastic to talk to about it. Um, now, I've lost touch with Damian. I did try quite a while back to try and get the promoter from New Horizons on as a guest for Turnbuckle Talk, but I believe it was the J&K podcast back then. Oh, that's a long while ago. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Anybody else got anything else to add to that story on MLW and OPW? No, I just got to say that I'm I'm just excited excited about this expansion of wrestling. <clears throat> I definitely am as well. One thing that people are not excited about is uh, something that expanded in the wrong way. And that is something that happened with a 23-year-old wrestling star and her leg. 23-year-old Cora Jade was at a house show, and uh, she was up against Laya Valkyria, and the match was stopped early after she appeared to land awkwardly on her leg. We are seeing more reports now saying that it is an ACL tear. Ouch. Ouch. Something uh. was pulled the wrong way, and that is terrible. It's... What a sad time. What a rough time to be getting injured. We're getting into the WrestleMania season. Ugh, this just hurts. I, I guarantee you she was probably on that short list of NXT women who was going to be competing in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And for that to happen. Yep. That just sucks, you know? <laughs> yep. And I mean, we went through this, I guess, just after WrestleMania last year, where there was that rash of injuries with right. Nikita Lyons, Sol Ruka, Wendy Chu, and a few others going out with these ACL injuries, and they put in a review on their training practices. Again, that's already be that's being called into question off of this one injury, and they're going into this review again, which good for them. Good for them because you're trying to make sure your training is safe to make sure that everybody can stay healthy. We know that bumps and bruises and injuries can happen at any point in the ring. Oh yeah, they can. It's, yeah. And sorry, go nobody, ahead. Finish. Nobody off. is, nobody is out to target anybody unless that's 
the storyline that's played out. Right. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about the timing as much as we want, but it, it flat out just sucks in general. Um, simply because, I mean, look at Charlotte Flair and look at the injury she also had. She's one of the stars and was probably lined up for a marquee match at WrestleMania and now also has to miss it. Cora Jade, like, it's really unfortunate with her progress because she looks to be on that verge of, oh, maybe she's, her time is done. I don't want to say done in NXT. I still think there's a lot of time with her in NXT. She still needs to, I think, have a real run with the women's title down there. Mm-hmm. But just that opportunity of maybe getting that look and saying, okay, where are you right now in terms of your development? Are you gonna? Are you on the cusp? Uh, are we going to give you that Tiffany Strand treatment where we see maybe a, a little bit of appearances on the main roster just to see where you're at? Mm-hmm. Um very unfortunate. She was getting a lot of steam when she came back, and then it's now being pushed back. But this is now a test of her to see mentally how she moves forward. Because if she lets this injury detract her progress, this is even worse than the injury itself. Because she really yeah. needs to understand that this injury is not going to define the next step in her career, this injury should be motivating her to make the next step more imminent in her next career. Right. Yeah. And while we're on the subject of injuries, uh, there's one that's in question right now. And that is Seth Rollins. Yes. This one is going to hit the hit hurt the WrestleMania scene. If his injury is as serious as, uh, people are making it out to be he's scheduled to go for an mri i don't know if he's already gone for it yet but fingers crossed he uh he stays healthy he too tweaked his knee in the match against jinder mahal last night he he tweaked his he tweaked his knee but he was also seen putting uh strength on his knee afterwards after the match uh, mm-hmm. So if you're if he was able to put his own strength without assistance on his own leg, there's a good chance that it's not as serious. It could very well be precautionary. Um, he mm-hmm. also has history with knee issues in the past. So getting a follow up now, I think it's more of a okay. Let's make sure that this isn't serious because we still have a guy like Damian Priest who even if it's suddenly has to be a short-term thing we can take the title off him that way yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. we can have him come to raw we could have judgment day beat him down and damian priest could cash in only then to you know um so it if it is serious it does suck but i think there's a little bit of a light with him being able to put strength like his own strength without assistance on as well Yes. Yeah, but if it does turn out serious, then that match with Punk is pretty much going to be off the table for now. The up, the one bright light for WWE, though, if it is serious, they can tack this onto his contract and st- have a lot more time to negotiate that extension. Yep. Yeah. Very much so. Good. <laughs> but a speedy we I we here at Turnbuckle Talk do definitely wish a speedy recovery to Cora Jade because, as mm-hmm. Parrish had said, she was. She was really starting to shine in NXT before this injury happened. Oh yeah, her 
her you can just tell by her confidence that she was fully more aware of who she is not just in the ring but the cadence she shows just during a segment just during a backstage promo on the microphone like she was a different performer than she was before she took the time away mm-hmm. and it was just it was nice to see because it just gives you a little bit more depth in the division on the women's side not just in nxt but in ww in general so yeah it, it's always sucks when you feel like okay i got some momentum going and then just like that it gets taken away from you but yeah again this is now all about where she is mentally how does she use this to help her is she using this now as motivation to get back or is this going to be a deterrent for the process and this is really the test that she has to face uh from now to the time she does return so you're talking about the mentality and how grueling pain can be uh, physically and mentally i think that they're well at least in canada seems to be nothing that is more grueling and intense than the death tour. For those of you that don't know what the death tour is, it is a tour that happens with professional wrestlers that go through the remote indigenous communities of Northern Manitoba. And I bring this up because... I am happy that this is coming out, that something good is coming out from this. This comes from Chris Jericho himself. He says, I am so excited to announce that hashtag the death tour documentary that he executive produced has been named an official selection by the slam dance group and will debut at the festival next Friday in Park City, Utah. Each winter, when the lake free or when the lakes multiple freeze over, a motley gang of professional wrestlers leave Winnipeg on a one of a kind wrestling tour through remote indigenous communities of northern Manitoba. Wrestling insiders call it the death tour, both for the physical hardships endured on the road and the emotional toll it takes on those who experience it. Famous for its star-studded alumni, including Kenny Omega, uh, rated R superstar Adam Copeland, Christian, uh, Dr. Luther, and many more. The trip offers wrestlers a rare taste of fame and a chance to see it when they have or see if they have what it takes to make it in professional wrestling. Uh, It also brings hope and inspiration to the communities that they go and visit as well. Chris Jericho says this deeply personal documentary travels through Canada's frozen North and into the wrestlers minds as they battle the elements, each other Mm. and the impacts of our colonial past. And you can go to (laughs) slamdance.com for more ticket info. As well, there will be theatrical releases all across Canada. Um, thank you to the stud in the chat. Ah, I got your plug. Oh, I love you, brother. Thank you. 
Um, this is this is I didn't even know that this was happening until I think OMD, I think you sent it to me. Yes. I'm excited to see this, to be honest with you. Right. Uh Canadian yeah. Wrestling's Elite did one when Jake the Snake Roberts came here, which was fantastic. I'm even more excited for this one. Yes. Uh, this, I, I mean, I'm sure we've all heard of the death tour. We've now we actually get to experience it through this documentary. Right. This I is mean, not something. That I mean, we sort of. Sorry, sorry, OMD. <laughs> this is not something that any of us have been able to experience. I have. Oh, mm. you got to do the death tour. I did one, and I believe it was either 2012 or 2013. Oh, nice. Um. So to be able to experience this is going to be fantastic for all of us who have yet to experience it. I mean, I've only heard this, the, some of the stories from the death tour in bits and pieces, mainly from Edge and Christian. The one story that really sticks out to me is how they were driving across the lake. They were running late for the show. They had to get there. The arena was freezing cold. They couldn't get a hotel room. They built the ring. They had to sleep under the ring to keep warm that night. Yep. And that was after their car got stuck because the ice cracked and they were forced to jump out into waist high water with Rhino. Yep. <laughs> and then drag him because his legs were so short they had to carry him because he couldn't keep up. JJ saying, you ever experienced the wall of death at a show? Now that's something scary. And yes, I have. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I want to hear from the man who has actually done one of these tours. Mr. Parrish, can you talk about your experience on the tour and uh, how you feel about a documentary coming out on this tour? Well, it's going to be interesting for the documentary aspect because obviously it's definitely going to be in some people's minds. Uh, Tony Candelo, I'm going to just flat out say, I don't think it's the same Tony Candelo he was when he first started uh, the Death Tours or the uh, Northern Tours as they were originally called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of scariness to this. It's a very eye-opening experience because they are on the Northern uh a reserves of Manitoba and some of the things that are very intriguing was just seeing the price of some stuff. Uh, maybe a jar of milk or a little thing of milk was $24. Whereas yeah. here it'd be like two bucks. So if you, we think inflation is bad here, ouch. Um, right. I mean, you're just seeing a different way of life too, with, uh, just how things are. And, uh, it's scary because if there's a death on a reserve, the whole reserve shuts down. So that's something I never knew of before. Uh, so sometimes you're running the risk of having your show canceled because of a death on a reserve. Um, and what was eye-opening is if they can't find anybody to pin the death on, they assume it's the dogs and they unfortunately do something to dogs that we wish we'd never have to talk about so it's 
it's very scary up there in that form of life. And then you tack on the frozen lakes where you're hesitant at first to drive on. You get somewhat comfortable when you do it, but you still don't know if you're at all going to sink. I was driving the ring truck. And on this, I have a lot of access weight. Everything's bumping. It's just causing stuff. It wasn't fun, nor was it sane, I think is a great word. Um, right. But at the same time, in just 16 days, I'm wrestling around 30 matches, 30 plus. Um, as someone that was, yes, I was around a decade in. But a lot of my first decade, I'm not doing a lot of shows. I'm still fairly green in the business, and I'm getting to get truly comfortable in the ring. It did a lot for my personal growth as a performer. Um, it was fun to kind of just try new things. And sometimes you're not in a place where you have the most wrestling knowledge crowds. You're just in there with people enjoying the show so it was kind of humbling as well because you get to see kind of the other side of wrestling sometimes we as performers can overlook the aspect of a little thing in wrestling because there's a lot of smart educated fans out there that could see through it whereas this is a completely different idea you're bringing a show to a community that doesn't get a lot of entertainment or live stuff unless they do it themselves so it's very humbling in that aspect it's very crazy in how you're going about it um but at the same time i grew very much as a performer with it it did a lot for me i made sure i slept in some of the same places as chris jericho slept when i saw like some of his photos He's one of my all-time favorites that you hear a lot of stories. I got to actually talk to uh, Adam Copeland, Edge, at a Cauliflower Alley Club about stories I've heard on there. And we got okay. to connect through the Northern slash Death Tour. And that was just a cool moment. And then, unfortunately, one of the uh, little people that were on it is now... Uh, he's no longer with us. So you create some friendships and you see people kind of go a different way and it's fun. And it's also sad. So there's a range of emotions. It's cold. You don't necessarily sleep on beds. But at the same time, one of the schools we went to, it was haunted. So we decided because there's no drinking, they're all dry reserves. You go ghost chasing and ghost hunting. And it's fun. Because there's always a couple people there that even though they'll jump off a top rope onto little or no padding, they are as scared as you can possibly be. And it is a lot of fun to mess with them. But <laughs> if you're an aspiring wrestler, you have an opportunity to do this, do it. You do this for the experience. You don't do it for the money. You don't do it for anything other than the wrestling and for let's face it some of the all-time greatest in this business have done it 
and you get to actually connect yourself with them and doing it. They say not a lot of people have main evented a WrestleMania. Think about this. And not a lot of wrestlers have done a death tour. Right. Right. Uh, wifey coming in saying, hey, guys, hope you're all having a good Tuesday night. We are. We are. Oh, we are. <laughs> Something that I do want to get out before we get into our final topic for the night is that there is a number of ways that you can help support what we do here. And one of those ways is for you to check out our friends with collar and elbow brand. I am wearing my collar and elbow branded hats and down in the ticker below, you can see there is a promo code to get yourself 10% off your entire purchase each and every time. When you check out collar and elbow brand.com, use the promo code JK podcast for that 10%. Thank you to my boss, Al Snow, who created Collar and Elbow Brand and allowed Turnbuckle Talk to become the very first sponsored podcast from Collar and Elbow Brand. I want to give a shout out to our friends at realwrestling.net. They have news and views by fans, by real fans, for fans. Because of them, Turnbuckle Talk has become international as they are based out of the UK. So thank you, realwrestling.net, for your continued support of Turnbuckle Talk. And if you're looking for some merchandise from Turnbuckle Studios as a whole, check out our Redbubble, carlcarafel.redbubble.com, K-A-R-L-K-A-R-U-F-E-L.redbubble. Dot com. And with that, we always need to make sure that we're telling Dr. Pepper to get a hold of us and sponsor Carl Carafel. That's right. Dr. Pepper, sponsor Carl Carafel. We have always got our non-sponsored Dr. Pepper in hand. Uh, if you would be so kind, go and check out Dr. Pepper on the socials. And hashtag them that to make sure that they know about us over here. Our final topic for the night is something that um, we all found kind of a little bit odd. The graphic up on the screen right now has the raw logo and then says changes with a question mark. Yeah, that had us all wondering as well. Well, we were able to get some information out of this and even a public thank you from triple h uh things were different yesterday guys on the set and how did you feel about them mm -hmm. i love them i actually liked the look <laughs> um I, I it was it was fantastic <clears throat> it was refreshing right um i mean raw's always a good time with you guys but like the set changes the the entranceway, it was invigorating. It almost like it added a new new fuel to Raw. Right. Parrish, what did you think? Um, it was definitely different. Um, I can't say I loved it because there's aspects to it where when you're seeing like the lighting right in the middle 
of, of it, it kind of threw me off. It didn't look as clean as maybe some of the others. Uh, you did find out a little bit later that that's not the permanent change. Uh, it mm-hmm. was a temporary change based on the weather conditions that they had to deal with and then the, the arena themselves where they couldn't just fully access the normal uh, stage. Uh, but it was an interesting temporary solution and it wasn't horrible. I've seen way worse, but it definitely looked different uh, to it. And it was interesting. The multi uh, multi screens and trons that they had, I do like. I've, there's always something about having two screens up front and one behind and you actually get that. That just makes it feel a little bit different, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still going to be at the end that if they're going to do a change, I want to see an actual stage. I don't want to see where they walk out is the same platform as the walkway. I want to see something. I want to see that. There's always something to it. Just a ramp. Give me a ramp of some sort. Understandable. I miss my rap. <laughs> as Parrish said, um, this is not a permanent change as much as some people would have liked it to be. Uh, I want to get into this tweet that, or this X post that uh, Triple H had sent out. He says, I cannot say enough about the amazing job our talent crew and staff did these last few days. Through winter storms, blizzards, and incredibly tough travel, they did what was needed to be done, or they did what needed to be done to put on a show for the WWE Universe, which included completely redesigning Raw on less than 24 hours notice. They really are the best in the business. To put it simply, I couldn't be more proud or grateful. On top yeah, of the change that was made, I want to focus maybe a little bit on this post that was put out by Triple H. When you work for a company and it is shown that you are appreciated and that in this case, some seriously hard work was put in that it is appreciated it just makes things for the employees so much better Mm. and only works in the favor of the company because then you have happier employees i really don't remember seeing very much like that come from the old regime under Vince McMahon, but I'm seeing a lot more of it underneath Triple H, Paul Levesque. That's what I want to focus on here for a few minutes. Chris Best, I want you to go first on that. Well, I was just thinking about that as well when you said Vince McMahon, but then it triggered in my head that we used to see Vince McMahon actually come up and personally congratulate the wrestlers on whether or not they had a good match. But now I'm wondering if actually he did that for the cameras at the same time. Right. <clears throat> but right. No, How uh, many times did Vince McMahon publicly acknowledge the ring crew, the people that had to redesign an entire set 
in less than 24 hours. The drivers of the trucks, all of those that had to gruel through those storms. See, See, in that case, you would have seen Vince throwing a fucking gasket. (laughs) Yeah. But no, Hunter, Hunter doing this and 24 hours, 24 hours to say, hey, we got to change the set. That just fucking blows my mind, you know? That blows my mind that he that they were able to do that. Kudos to everybody in the WWE. I mean, and I think that's it's weird. It's weird because as much as it does like shock you of what the WWE is capable of doing on short notice, it really shouldn't shock people because they always do something amazing on short notice when they're pushed to the edge. Um, it just shows you what they're capable of when they have to adjust. Um, but Triple H, he knows a thing or two about evolution, if you ask me. Um, but again, like it just also goes out to show you how different maybe Triple H is from Vince in that way. Um, yeah. Let's also take it for what it is. Vince is a completely different minded individual when it comes down to appreciating talent we and maybe the 2024 don't think it's acceptable that he doesn't do the little things but back when he was coming up you didn't have to do all those little things because honestly people weren't as freaking needy back then and i'll just flat out (laughs) say it i didn't need my i didn't need a pat on the head anytime i burped on command I'm just going to say it like that. But at the same time, it is 2024. We have to live with the current times. And it is nice that that's happening. It is nice to see that Triple H is thanking not just your top stars. He's thanking the people that can make the top stars look like top stars. And that is your crew, your stage crew, your lighting crew, your ring crew. All the crews that make the show possible. It blows my mind that we have yet to see a network special on things like this to show you how much work is done. I would love to see a WWE special on how Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown, how it's made. And you just see all those little things, all the little details that it takes to set an LED light up a certain way. Just all those details because they matter. And my God, thank you. Because as a fan, I appreciate it. Yes. They really should do a show like that for like WrestleMania and show like how those sets were built, you know? Well, now that they're like the only real sets that get made. Yeah, I can agree. (laughs) Yep. Especially last year's. That set was amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, OMD, your thoughts? Uh, you hit the nail on the head earlier. When you work for a company that shows their appreciation, whether it's through X or whether they tell it to you directly, you're going to have happier employees. We've all worked jobs where we're miserable unappreciated and we stick it out because we needed the paycheck right um Tim Hortons yep (laughs) um and call centers now that we're 
in positions where we are appreciated, we look for look a little more forward to going to work unless you're stuck working a 12 hour from 7 a.m. Um, but um, for that and yeah, the the credibility that the crew, the recognition, because we never look at the unsung heroes of the business. We're focused on the in-ring. But you don't realize how much work goes into every show, every interview segment. So good for them. But Parrish, you're I, I agree with you as well, is you know, Vince is from a different generation where you didn't where it was more I'm the boss, I'm up here, and you all work for me. So sure, they he might have given out a Christmas bonus, he might have given out a raise, but if you're not going to publicly acknowledge, then maybe like, and you're right too with saying it's 2024 as my studio falls apart. I guess I might need to hire some of those guys. Maybe. <laughs> Damn. It is, but also at the same time, like. We never heard a lot of people say anything like the crew. Like we never heard a lot of the crew like crap on Vince McMahon when they leave either. So like, no. it, it's a it's a it's a different kind of appreciation that he he yeah. showed too. But at the same time, we live in a world where we need that right now affection. We need that right now gratification. We need that right now appreciation. Yeah. So yeah, Triple H. He understands that he's quote unquote a student of the game as much as he is the game. But at the same time, he does appreciate the little things as much as the big things. And let's face it, it it's no different from the the people who are shoveling snow just to make the Buffalo Bills game happen. It's that kind of short-term yeah. or short-notice short stuff, when we see the best of people really come out, and yeah, it's those kind of efforts that should go noticed because it's those kinds of efforts that really keep the wheels spinning. And when you're WWE, you can't afford to have the wheels stop. No. Right. Yeah, you definitely cannot. Yeah. All this talk about appreciation at work, and I remember, I remember the very first time I ever got recognized for my my work, and it was a call center job for a, for a supervisor I despised. I loved it because she despised me too, and she always ragged on me for my sales when I was the, <laughs> even the, the 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 top seller on our team. I loved it when corporate came in. And handed me four hundred dollars, and he and was like, "Hey, we love your work. Keep it up." You know? Did they do it in front of Avril? They did do it in front of her. <laughs> I knew exactly who you were talking about. <laughs> How bad is that? She was seething. Well, and uh, just to kind of maybe say one last thing, we're we're talking about Triple H saying thank you to the, his crew. Uh, it's no different from. The people here thanking everyone who's taken the time to watch and support Turnbuckle Talk, Turnbuckle yep. Studios. 
please make sure you go and give a thumbs up on this video if you appreciate it. That's a way for you to show your support to us and to this uh, channel so we can grow and we can provide you a stage just like WWE Raw can, that excellence that you deserve and that we want to give out and provide for you. Why didn't you include the Chris Parrish podcast that we are in association with? Because we're not freaking on it right now. That's on Sundays at 12, 15 p.m. <laughs> that, we're, that we're on Tuesday right. at 9, 25 p.m. Eastern. Sundays. That is right. Is where <laughs> you can find the Chris Parrish with the Chris Parrish podcast oh it is so good joshua joseph is always over there a good friend jj is always there you guys put on an amazing show that uh, is really starting to pick up some steam and uh do it really really good things in the ticker down below all of you can see all the different areas to find mr parish go ahead and tell people on in the audio land where they can find you uh my house in in saint albert i mean oh no oh you mean okay gotcha um yeah you can uh see me on a line at twitter or x whatever you decide to call it it's like calling wwe wwf still it's all good it's all the same but you can find me at chris parish you can find me on the instagram at chris.parish same with the threads if in case you're not too sure you can follow me on my youtube channel at chris parish you can follow me at my twitch at the chris parish i have a kick account why you ask and i'll just give you one of these cons and if you are on the audio side i don't know uh i thought it was cool to have one but i can't access it but i am too lazy to take it off my ticker uh, I'm on a tick. I'm on TikTok at Chris Parrish, and uh, Chris Parrish podcast is also on Spotify. So make sure you're checking out as uh, Chris Parrish podcast. All episodes are uploaded. I upload all the episodes the same day we air within an hour of completion. Ooh. You can usually see it on there. And if you can't, I'm probably changing a diaper. So back off. No, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes shit happens, literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and uh, yeah, you can see my show on, on my Facebook at the Chris Parish. Please check it out. I appreciate it. I hear having more viewers means it's doing well. So let's do that. Yay! And while you're on your show, the Chris Parish podcast, uh, is there anything specific that you like to drink while you were on there? Ah, uh, beer. No, not beer. It's too early. Um, if <laughs> I usually drink something I don't sponsor, uh, but if you're asking about my sponsor, it's a uh, Rogue Energy, and uh, you can go there and you can use the promo code Parish P E R I S H to save yourself ten percent because we all know that you want to only save ten percent. Uh, if you want to save more, you're gonna have to give me those views I was telling you about, so I become partner and I can offer more. Um, that's just the reality of the situation even though i tried to really really like get them into some of my show and my my boy with uh the rogue energy cup uh yeah i tried to really milk that one but no not having it yet i need you guys to help me get the partnership to offer you a better discount it's just a sad reality but uh yeah please there you go rogueenergy.com promo code parish 
OMD. The man that we will work with to actually get on our screens for each and every one of you to see during the week. Where can the people find you? Well, they can find me on Facebook at Daniel Harisic, H-R-Y-C-Y-K, on Snapchat at One Man Dynamic, capitals on O-M-N-D, on Twitch, O-M-D-17, and on Discord at O-M-D-6370. As well, if they want to see the moneymaker, catch me right here every Monday at 8, at 8 o'clock for the Raw Watch Along with these three other, I'll use the term loosely, gentlemen. Uh, right here on Tuesday nights on Turnbuckle Talk with, again, at least Carl Carafella and Chris Best. And on Thursdays on The Boar's Nest with Bubba Duke. Mr. Best, socials for you. All right, guys, you can find me at YouTube.com at ChrisDamage83, Twitch.tv, CBRS, underscore entertainment, Threads.net at CBestFilms83. Facebook.com, Chris.Best83, TikTok.com, CBRS.Entertainment. You can catch me here every 8 p.m. Eastern, every 8 p.m., every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, for the Monday Night Raw Watch Along. 8.05 Eastern on Tuesdays with uh, Carl Carafel, sometimes OMD, and whoever else joins in for Turnbuckle Talk. And stay tuned for something coming on a Saturday night. Mm. Hockey night leave it in Canada? That. <laughs> well, that's already happened. <laughs> yeah. And if you all feel so inclined, we would love if you could check us out on Good Pods, goodpods.com slash podcasts slash turnbuckle dash talk dash two six four five two four. That is our link for good pods. We can get rankings on there and we've been doing very, very good over there. We would be so appreciative if you all could download the good pods app, subscribe to the show, turn buckle talk. And when a new episode comes out, even if you have listened to it in video format, go there and give it a star rating you could put whatever star rating you would like on it. Although I most people give it a five. I'll let you know that most people give it a five. So if you'd like to give it a five, you can do so. But it does push us up in those rankings and it does allow good pods to uh, see us as they had seen us and even sent out information about the show as one of their recommended shows on their socials, which was absolutely fantastic, and help us make our way and stay on the top at number one. To find all of my socials, you can just follow my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Carl Carafel. That is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash K-A-R-L-K-A-R-U-F-E. L. So, uh, um, the one moth boy, hello to you. And to answer your question, the question is Does Lightning McQueen have car insurance or life insurance? I would say life insurance. Yeah. I would say he bundled his life and auto. Oh, and did he save? He did must he have a discount double check. 
He might have. I wonder if he saved 15% by switching to Geico. I was just going to say that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, my name is Carl Carafel. We've been joined by Chris Best, OMD, and Chris Parrish. We thank you all so much for coming by. Absolutely fantastic to have you all here. And the one moth boy, first time hearing the bundle idea. Love that. So happy about that. Stick around if you will. Give us a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel over on YouTube or on Twitch. And uh, be ready the next time that Turnbuckle Studios goes live with some content. Remember, everyone, the world's a scary place. Take care of each other. <laughs>